0: Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Fuel the Fight podcast. I'm Lieutenant Colonel Nick Barringer. Another exciting episode. This is this is one of the more exciting episodes for me uh, because I've, I've got an individual uh, on the podcast who I, I had the privilege of studying under at Texas A&M for three years, an expert in the field of, of creatine research. Uh, Dr. Richard Kreider. Currently, he serves as the as the professor and executive director of the Human Clinical Research Facility and director of the Exercise and Sport Nutrition Lab at Texas A&M University. Dr. Kreider, welcome to the Fuel the Fight podcast, and thanks for being on the show, sir.
1: Happy to be here and good to see you.
0: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. One thing I wanted to ask about is like, how did you get started with with creatine research? Because you were one of the first in in America, right, to really start right. looking at creatine.
1: Yeah, so we started doing research on ergogenic aids, and nutritional ergogenic aids, uh, when I was at Old Dominion in 1987 or so. So we had uh, published a number of papers, and I got a contact from a guy named Anthony Almada. He was the co-founder of EAS, which was one of the main companies back in the day that came out with creatine. They had... Uh, obtained the U.S. rights and he contacted me before American Dietetic Association meeting I was speaking at actually and we met and said, hey, we would like to do a study. There's a couple studies in Europe that show some promise to this. We'd like to study it in athletes. So that was 1993, believe it or not. Wow. And, uh, we uh, started our first study and found some amazing results and said, we need to do this again, and we did it again, and uh, then other people started seeing the results, and so that can't be, it's got to be something else, and then everybody started uh, doing more studies and athletes to see if it really worked, and it does.
0: Yeah, I, I would have loved to, you know, be at a time machine to go back to, to see, because I, I can't imagine having, you know, you would probably done other supplement research up until then, and and not seeing the type of results you see with creatine, and to see that I guess the initial thought was this has got to be a mistake or or what was, what was kind of the, when you were looking at the results in the lab?
1: Yeah, it was, it was funny because uh, we did our first study. We did a month of supplementation and the gain in muscle mass was, I don't know, two, three kgs of muscle mass. (laughs) And our colleague, uh, Dr. Andy Fry is like, this can't be true. And, so we did another one and it showed the same. And then a colleague of his, uh, Bill Kramer, who you know, Bill Kramer's one of the top and yes. conditioning specialists, him and Jeff Volley did a study and and they come back and say, Hey, this is it. This <laughs> And so uh, yeah, it was kind of fun because usually a lot of the supplement studies, you know, you you find a little bit of effect, but not a huge amount. But creatine's the one and true that's
0: consistently been shown in the literature to work. Yes, sir. And so, you know, that was exciting. And then, and then from there, you've done numerous other, other studies with, with, with creatine. Um, but, but up until, till today, what's the, the biggest misconception that you deal with about creatine? Because I hear, you know, a few out there, but I want to know, like, what, what, what do you hear uh, people talk about that they get wrong?
1: Yeah, these misconceptions started in the late 90s, um, really out of athletic training. You know, causes cramping. It's a steroid. And, I mean, there's all type of things. And we actually addressed it in 98 with an article. And one of the colleagues, uh, Paul Greenhoff, was also one of the original people doing research on creatine. See, maybe we shouldn't talk about this because people think it's real. There's no data showing. And so we started talking about it because we felt it had to be addressed. It was in the popular media. And so, what's the common things? Uh, it's a steroid. No, creatine's a fuel source, just like carbohydrate is. You eat extra carbohydrate, you fill your muscle up with uh, muscle glycogen, so you have more energy for high-intensity sustained exercise. Creatine the same thing, but for high-intensity short-duration uh, exercise. So it's not a steroid. Um, there's a lot on, oh, it causes uh, weight gain, but it's just water weight and no, uh, we did all the studies where all the gain in muscle was actually proportional to any water gain because muscle is 80 percent water right so it has to be some yeah. water and then we did biopsy studies that actually showed uh, darren willoughby and others did studies that they actually showed it was an increase in muscle uh, protein content and so definitively shown it was actually muscle not just water weight um, cramping and dehydration we did all these studies that show that it's the opposite it actually causes hydration, and therefore you have less effect on uh, cramping, et cetera. And so we, in responses, we did a, a huge study and when I was at the University of Memphis, a three-year study in football players during uh, all types of practice conditions in Memphis, hot, humid environments, three a days, basically through two and a half seasons. And we actually reported it had a lower incidence of cramping, lower incidence of muscle, a lower incidence or faster recovery from musculoskeletal injuries. So, a lot of the myths that we heard about, we were able to actually refute with uh, scientific evidence.
0: No, and that's great. So, so hopefully people are listening to that, that, uh, you know, uh, creatine may be beneficial in the heat, not harmful.
1: Yeah. In fact, when we have athletes in the military, the same thing, you know, if you're going to be wearing fatigues and, you know, with the ruck and all this stuff, carrying heavy weights, you're going to have a lot of heat challenges and actually creatine and carbohydrate together helps you store more energy, but also help with the hydration. And um, it, it can actually reduce the incidence, help your body deal with that thermal stress that uh, a lot of times our military are under.
0: No, and, and, and that's awesome and, and a great segue because that was going to kind of be my my next is. You know, a lot of your research is is with with athletes, and and you mentioned like the Memphis football team. What what can creatine do for the tactical athlete? When we're talking about, you know, we'll talk about our military, but we'll, we'll include police, firefighters, even even first responders. Mm-hmm. Um, what 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 do you see the main benefit for creatine in this population?
1: Well, we just published a paper with the uh, position stand of the International Society of Sport and Nutrition. So you can go online and look at position stand, tactical athlete and get all this information. But creatine is one of the things that nutritionally you can do to optimize their training and performance. So let's take performance. Um, Military and tactical athletes have to respond with sprinting, high intensity, short burst of activity, explosive life or death situations, okay? Creatine directly improves your ability to produce power, perform high-intensity exercise. So from a performance perspective, there's certainly that. Uh, Most tactical athletes and certainly military train consistently. And when you take creatine during training, it helps build muscle strength, power, stamina, uh, recovery from high-intensity exercise. So there's a training benefit from creatine. We're also learning now that there's also cognitive benefits from creatine. So if you take creatine consistently, your brain levels go up and it helps you concentrate, focus, and think. Obviously, when you're uh, in a life-threatening situation, you're fatigued and tired, you're making decisions, anything to help with focus can certainly help improve the tactical performance. So there's a number of things that creatine specifically can help with.
0: Um, and so that's one of the reasons why we recommend it with the International Society of Sport Nutrition. No, that's great, and I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that paper. And I'll have the link to that paper in the show note. Uh, great paper and great resource for for all the listeners. Um, so, what about the the form of creatine? Because because you know you go to any supplement store, you you see a bunch of different forms of creatine, uh, creatine creatine monohydrates, obviously the most common. But but does the form matter?
1: Uh, Yes, so there are a lot of junk types of creatine being sold or alternate what we call forms sometimes in lay terms. They're basically chemical alterations of creatine or adding something to creatine to try to promote an effect. All the studies, we have another paper just published again on the bioavailability of creatine and whether any of these other type of forms actually work or not. And this. this data is still consistently creatine monohydrate is by far the best, most consistently studied, most consistently ergogenic and benefits, and the cheapest form of creatine that you can buy. We recommend that you get creatine from Germany, which is the highest pure source of creatine, um, and that uh, that's the best source. The other types, crackling, adding a buffer, has a little bit of benefit, not any better than creatine monohydrate. It's more expensive. Uh, You have other forms like um, uh, um, uh, creatine with fizz, or kind of like a, 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 a carbonated version to help with the uptake. That doesn't, once you consume creatine, it gets in the body, it's either stored or excreted in the urine if it's real creatine. And so it uh, really doesn't matter whether it mixes better in pH, where once it's in the body, it's protected by the low hydrochloric acid in the stomach and gets in the muscle. And so create monohydrate is still the best. Uh, it's still the king of the mountain. None of the others have been shown to be anywhere effective, but they just cost you more money.
0: So so any young soldiers listening to that, you heard it from the expert, save your money Get the cheapest version of creatine, creatine monohydrate, if you're yeah, going to use cheap, it. Cheapest it's the most creatine monohydrate from
1: Germany. Uh, be yes. careful. There's some of the uh, Chinese that have entered the market have a little bit more impurities. So, I always tell people, get the European creatine, which is the German creatine, because that's the purest out there.
0: How, how would they tell that it's it's the German creatine? Like, if I go in and, and I go to, you know, a GNC, how, how do I know I'm getting German creatine? Usually, it'll
1: have, say, Crea pure. On okay. it, which is the logo for the creatine from Germany, or a lot of them, companies now say German creatine because it's such <laughs> a popular uh, term,
0: or understand it's, it's the highest purity. i will also put that in the notes, looking for Crea pure or German creatine if you're shopping for it. Uh, now, s- since these other forms of creatine don't really help with absorption or anything like that, is there anything that an individual can do to optimize creatine absorption?
1: Yes, yeah, so, so uh, your body will store creatine, um, like I said, 99% is either stored or excreted. And what you can do to optimize that, there are some people that have higher levels of creatine and don't store as much. Some people that are like vegetarians, they have lower stores of creatine and will absorb more. But the way to optimize the storage, if you can uh, consume creatine with carbohydrate, like simple sugar, you know, you know uh, some type of sugary drink, um, that sugar increases insulin and the glucose and insulin help with the uptake of creatine. It also facilitates glycogen storage, which is also something important for performance. So we recommend athletes do is take creatine with carbohydrate and protein, like a whey protein, after your workouts so that you optimize protein synthesis glycogen recovery and then you get the optimal uptake of creatine uh, in your diet we still recommend loading Um, if you want to increase your performance quickly load for a week four doses a day for five to seven days and then you need one dose a day after that larger athletes need up to 10 grams per day smaller athletes need about five grams per day that's plenty of creatine to maintain the stores Um, but Consuming with carbs and protein, still the best way to optimize the uptake.
0: Nice. What about, you know, you talked about uh, some of the, the the cognitive benefits of creatine. I'm, I'm seeing some research now with, with sleep deprivation, where yes. people not get enough sleep in creatine. Can you talk a little bit about that research and why creatine might be beneficial to those that are sleep deprived?
1: Yeah, that's great. And it's a perfect application to military tactical, right? Because obviously you go out in missions, you're awful tired, can't sleep, recover, okay. can't eat right. So there are some studies that Roger Harris's group did out of England that actually looked at sleep deprived individuals and found that creatine had a greater effect not only on performance but on cognition afterwards so you load under that condition you know you're going to go out for night ops or something you're going to be tired fatigued make sure your creatine loaded and it seems to help facilitate uh, the recovery help you stay more focused um, after sleep deprivation, again, anything help you focus and think clearly uh, when you're tired will help you perform and hopefully uh, save lives as well.
0: No, and and with that as well, you know, one of the other things that that tactical athletes face, but but all athletes face, uh, you know, in contact sports is, is traumatic brain injuries and, and TBIs. And I know there's a lot of research with with creatine and that, and it can be beneficial. Can Can you talk a little bit about the latest and greatest in terms of, of creatine and TBIs and and what if a if a you know, a warfighter's in a situation where they might sustain some sort of TBI, whether it's a bad jump out of an, you know, or bad landing out of an airplane or overpressure blast from a weapon system they're using, um, why they should be using creatine.
1: Yeah, that's a great, uh, also another really good point. Uh, There's been studies in animals that show that if you give an animal a concussion, traumatic brain injury, or even spinal cord injury, or cause ischemia like you cut blood, and cause a stroke type response. That if you have animals that are fed creatine, have high creatine in the muscle in the brain, they have less damage due to the um, concussion, traumatic brain injury, stroke, and therefore you lessen the severity of that injury. So this is why the ISSN recommends that all athletes who are involved in uh, sports that could have collisions or concussions be on creatine, creatine loaded to help reduce the risk of the severity of spinal cord and TBI concussion. In, um, In military, you also have the blast impact. And one of the ways that we study this is also with propulsion from the explosion And that also can cause traumatic brain injury and concussion. So if I were working with military and I know they're going on situations where they can be exposed to that, I, I think everybody ought to be taking creatine for many reasons, but that's probably the most important to help reduce the potential for brain trauma. On the converse of that, we now know that as you age, your brain creatine content goes down. So if you have a diet high in creatine, it seems to help delay uh, losses in mental uh, function cognitive impairment for example and so as
0: you get older it's probably more important so we dropped out yeah we dropped out there we go are we back we're back Okay, yeah. So what I'm saying is as you
1: get older, it's probably even more important that you take creatine for the cognitive benefits and the strength and balance effects.
0: Yeah, so, so is that dose, does that dose change if you're looking at creatine for, for the cognitive benefits? or?
1: Yes, so uh, good question. We see most of the benefits of creatine on cognition when you take higher doses for longer periods of time. So this would be like continuing loading for a month or two. You say, well, that's a lot of creatine. Well, actually, our initial studies we did back in the early 90s were all 16 grams a day for a month, 20 or 25 grams per day for two and a half months during football training. Um, we often gave lots of creatine. We then thought, well, once your muscle's full, you don't need the extra creatine, you're just excreting it. But now we have all these health benefits, and particularly with the cognition effect that it may take a little longer, maybe 10 grams a day for, you know, continually to get that kind of
0: benefit over time. So up to 10 grams. I, is there a, a formula for, for, for different size athletes? Cause uh, you know, I know in some sports, but particularly in the military, you can go from anywhere to, you know, 130 pound soldier to a 230 pound soldier.
1: Yes, yeah, so, so we usually will uh, recommend about 0. 0.3 grams per kg is the high dose loading. So if you have a, you know, a 50 kg person, you're talking, you know, 15 grams, if you're 100 kgs, you're up to 30 grams a day. Uh, There are populations, especially in kids that have neurological diseases, they've given up to 0.5 to 0.8 grams per kg per day, which would be equivalent to 50 to 75 grams of creatine per day as they mature and get older uh, to try to fight some of the creatine synthesis deficiency. So it seems to be well tolerated even at high doses for a long time. In fact, some of the neurological studies on Parkinson's and those type of things went up to five years of typically 20 to 30 grams per day. So it still seems to be safe. And so what I would suggest is uh, pick that 0.3 grams. And if you're looking for performance after a week, you're going to get the performance effect. If you're trying to get cognition, maybe take it a little bit longer to try to maximize the creatine uptake in the brain
0: nice now you mentioned safety so that went on you know there was doses up to 20 to 30 grams for five years is there anyone that that should not take creatine for any safety issues or is there a population that
1: yeah that's a great question Uh, all the studies say no in fact all the studies say that everybody ought to be taking about three grams of creatine in their diet whatever age throughout your lifespan um, and because there's so many important roles of creatine in the body and maturation and development and, and aging, um, the, the only group that some have suggested that there should be some concerns if you have uh, renal disease, but there's been never any studies showing that creatine causes any negative effect on renal disease and creatine's is used in dialysis patients, people with renal disease because they have low homocysteine and the creatine can actually help prevent the heart-related disease impact of dialysis by helping control the homocysteine. So even in those patients, you talk to Dr. Mark Tarnopolsky, MD, PhD, he's been using it with his uh, chronic disease, uh, kidney disease patients for 30 years. And so you hear that's another wives' tale type of thing where, well, maybe we shouldn't, let's be cautious But all the literature actually shows it could be beneficial in this population, too. So I really don't know of anybody that shouldn't take creatine. There has been some studies showing it reduces cancer. And there's a paper in animals. If you give a huge amount, it might accelerate metastasis of some type. And some some people think, well, if you have aggressive forms of metastasizing cancer, maybe stay away. I think that's premature, too, because all the data shows it can actually reduce the progression of some tumors. And so I really don't know of any group that shouldn't take it. Certainly if you're a healthy uh, military person, you should consider using it.
0: So where where does the average, you know, would you recommend, you know, soldier or military person if if they want to get more information on creatine and read up like what what documents you recommend the layperson or websites or whatever they go to to learn more about creatine?
1: Well, we um, are helping develop an awareness about creatine, and there's a new website we developed called Creatine for Health. And in there, you can find all the potential medical and health benefits of creatine, in addition to the exercise benefits and training benefits. If I were to pick one article, I would probably go to the ISSN Position Stand on Creatine Supplementation in Exercise and Sport uh, that breaks down the literature very well, talks about the safety, efficacy. It's easy to understand. It's not too difficult. But those two sources are where I would suggest, ISSM Position Standard or creatineforhealth.com.
0: And I will put both of those in the show notes um, for this. Um, in, any other kind of thoughts on, on creatine and the tactical athlete? Anything I missed?
1: Well, it's, uh, the one thing I'd say is that we're now learning that creatine is much more than just performance. It's now all the health. So tactical athletes have families, right? So they have uh, often have wives and families. Creatine is even being used in third trimester pregnancy because as the child develops, they need more creatine. So they use more creatine from the mom. The mom needs to have more creatine in their diet to supply the, the child as they're developing. And then if the baby is born, with asphyxia, like the cord wraps around the neck or something, a blue baby, it reduces the severity and helps the survival rate in animals. And so even in third trimester pregnancy, creatine has a role. During the first few years of development, you're gonna start seeing creatine put into infant formulas and things like that because of development. So my point for Tactical is it's not just for you, it's for your family, it's for your parents, it's for your friends that take and have some health issues that creatine can help improve. In fact, uh, we're now even looking at creatine for post-COVID because COVID is a chronic fatigue syndrome that's called long COVID that you hear about. It's basically uh, chronic fatigue. And so by having creatine and doing, it allows you to do more exercise, tolerate exercise better, you might be able to recover faster and have more strength and stamina. So that you can do your daily lives as you're recovering from covid so really throughout the spectrum so the last i'd mention is it's not just for tactical it's not just for sport it's now into health and throughout the lifespan
0: so so you see the, the future you're painting dr Kreider is is you know creatine monohydrate will eventually be as ubiquitous as like a multivitamin that anybody you know kids uh, parents take in the morning
1: yes And I think that you're going to start seeing it like folate for women for pregnancy, right? You're going to see uh, functional foods with creatine. You're going to have these artificial meats with added creatine because that's where they're deficient. There's even data now in NHANES, a large database studies, that if you have less creatine in the diet, you don't grow as fast. You don't gain as much weight as you mature as you're a child, as you develop, and you have greater body fat. So with all these health implications now, just I think we're going to see that creatine is actually going to be added as a as a primary nutrient that you have to have, a central nutrient that your protein quality is not only dependent on your amino acids, it's how much creatin's in the
0: in the protein. No, that's Thanks for sharing that, kind of some of the stuff that's on the horizon. You saying that actually even made me think about in terms of the, the preservation. Uh, do you know of any research in terms of this sounds like something the astronauts maybe should be taking? Have they ever looked at that? Do you know if NASA's looked at creatine?
1: Yeah, we're. Uh, I haven't seen a study specifically on creatine yet, but we've uh, worked with them over the years on amino acids, and they're very interested in preventing muscle loss. So we think that this also can be helpful for them, um, because it can help preserve muscle mass, along like with HMB and other things that might be anti-catabolic. Um, certainly, uh, if they're going to go into space and go to Mars and have long three-year missions, you know, back and forth, uh, it's going to take a lot of physiology in preventing muscle mass improving status. So there's certainly things that can be done uh,
0: potentially with creatine in that regard. Thank you, sir. Uh, where can folks find you, Dr. Kreider, if they want to, you know, follow you and in, and in, in your work and in some of the great things that you do? I know you've published multiple books on, on uh, performance nutrition as well. Um, where can folks find that?
1: If you go to uh,
0: Facebook on
1: Exercise and Sport Nutrition Lab, Texas A&M, or you to exerciseandsportnutritionlab.com, or my book is Essentials for Exercise and Sport Nutrition. Um, and so you can finally just put Kreider, creatine, Kreider Sport Nutrition, you'll find me somewhere.
0: Yes, sir. And I will put all that in the show notes. Dr. Kreider, thank you so much for, for coming on the show and, and sharing all your information about creatine. Really appreciate it, sir. I think uh, all the tactical athletes that listen to this are going to benefit uh, greatly, uh, you know, from, from this and, and then really appreciate all the work you've done in this field.
1: Well, thank you. and Thank you for your service and all those who are listening.
0: Thank you, sir.